0: Out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to the episode number one sixteen of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Brought to you by me, your host, Mac B. The Wolf, and I'll be joined as usual by my partner in crime, Gary Action Jackson, from the East Coast of America. And we're going to welcome our first guest of twenty twenty three. Actually, a repeat guest from twenty twenty one. If you all remember our fiftieth episode, technically our 50th episode, the second part of our 50th episode. Some people will call that a 51st episode, not us. It's 50 part two, where we dedicated time to the classic movie Highlander and the Killer Queen soundtrack that went along with it. And our guest on episode 50 part two was Ryan Connell. Ryan was the executive producer and co-creator and head writer on House of the Dragon, the big Game of Thrones sequel, which has really taken the world by storm. It's a huge, huge hit right now. We had him on because he had done a script for a rebooted Highlander that I guess never saw the light of day. So we talked about that a little bit. We also went over some of the stuff in the movie about collecting hero props for movies because he's got an incredible podcast of his own called The Stuff That Dreams Are Made Of that he does with his buddy David uh, and It's Killer, and they have great guests. He's had George R.R. Martin on there, as you might expect. So we were lucky enough to have him come back. I asked him, well, what album would you like to do if you come back and do a whole album with us? He said, you know, I love Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin. It's got a connection to my wedding, uh, and I'd be happy to do that. So i great. When the show's over, when it's, it's debuted, and you're getting ready on season two, come on back. So that's what we did this week. We're going to go over track by track, as we always do, Houses of the Holy. As it turns 50, can you imagine that Houses of the Holy is turning 50 as we're recording this very shortly? So we're going to have Ryan share his memories with me and Jackson, how he came to the music, why it's important to him, sonically what it meant for Led Zeppelin. First, got to do a little bit of business here. As usual, we like to... Proudly say that we are members of the Pantheon Podcast Network of about a hundred different shows, all different sorts of music. There's really something in there for everybody. You can follow them at Pantheon Pods. Uh, go to www.pantheonpodcast.com. Uh, we have friends that we've had on our shows, but on their shows, like Tom and Zeus from the Shout Out Loudcast, Jay from the Hook Rocks, Christy Alexander Hallberg from Rock is Lit, Martin Popoff from History and Five Songs, Paul Stevenson of This Day Rocks and Vintage Rock Pod, and of course the CEO, Christian Swain of Rock and Roll Archaeology. And we have to thank our incredible sponsors. Look, I know there's some record collectors out there. There's all sorts of cool Led Zeppelin stuff to collect out there. Our sponsor, rarevinyl.com, has a really killer stash of excellent Led Zeppelin stuff. Talking LPs, singles, CDs, Rare, hard-to-find items, they curate them, they take care of them in the shop in England, and they ship all around the world. So if you go to rarevinyl.com and use the code PODCAST, you can save 10% off your order, which makes it worthwhile because you can pick up some killer stuff. It's obviously not just Led Zeppelin. They have a quarter of a million things in stock. So go to rarevinyl.com or eil.com, use the code PODCAST, save yourself 10% on your Led Zeppelin collector's items or whatever you may be looking for. Now back to Houses of the Holy, yeah, this is the first one not named after the band, right? It just had Led Zeppelin, one, two, three, and the four runestones for the fourth album. So this is the first album they actually named, but they still didn't put the name on the cover. Very Led Zeppelin, the power that Peter Grant and the band wielded through Atlantic Records to make their everything unique. Their sound, their album covers, their packaging, the visual arts, everything was special about Led Zeppelin. This is the one that came out in early 1973, their fifth album. And the boys had grown a little bit in the first four years or so that they were on tour together. They had saved a little bit of money and were able to create some studios in their homes, which allowed them to craft songs and come in with more fully formed ideas instead of maybe just some chord sequences. So some of these come in more polished and ready to go, which gives him the opportunity to be even more collaborative, because now there's more structure. John Paul Jones really shines on this one, he really came into his own here, he wrote or co-wrote half the songs on there, including the amazing No Quarter, which to me is epic and moody and thick and just special in the Led Zeppelin catalog. It's, it's one I never want to skip over, and live they can really stretch it out and do some cool trippy things with it. I just always love that one. So this is really a coming out party for JPJ. Obviously, all the other guys are fantastic as usual on it. So let's go ahead. This is going to be a little bit long, one. Let's, let's go ahead and jump in. We are visiting with Ryan Condal of House of the Dragon, going over Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy on its 50th anniversary right here on The Wolf. Yeah, so picking up HBO Max, Jackson, not only did I get to finally see House of the Dragon, of which our mm-hmm. guest is the executive producer and creator, and I guess he's technically the co-creator with, with George R.R. R. Martin, but, you know, head writer and... All that kind of fun stuff. Also, I yeah. finally got to see his partner, like kind of like you and I are partners in a podcast. Well, he's got a great podcast called The Stuff Dreams Are Made Of that he does with his friend David, mm. who is also a great writer and producer of shows, including Seinfeld. And there, there might be a little bit of money in that. And then Veep. He did Veep with Julia Louis Dreyfus, which is a right. great show. Which I always kind of wanted to get into, and for whatever reason, it's just like, all right, well, I'll, I'll get there one day. you can't watch everything, especially as it's being made. It's like, okay, well, I'll, you know, I, HBO does great stuff. Eventually, I'll get into it. So I got, to, I ripped through those, man. That was that was fun. That was that was that was good TV. I like that.
3: They were talking one time back and forth about this, the things from the show, like props and everything, mm-hmm. and about how, I mean, on Veep what do you have? Maybe you've got a nameplate from one of the characters, you know, on their desk that would be cool. Whereas in House of the Dragon, literally everything is cool. You could right. take anything from any character and it would just be awesome.
0: Any of their swords, any of their wardrobe or armor. Correct. Any of those props, man.
3: Like in the, in the first episode where he gives her the uh, the necklace. Mm-hmm. And even that, I'm like, anything would be cool from that any, show.
0: I know. It's so cool. And so, I mean, I think we talked to him about that the first time we had him on. It's like, because he obviously has collected some really cool stuff from over the years and big movies, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Conan, stuff like that. And I'm like, so have you got, are you working with your armor? Like, okay, everything that's screen used, all the hero stuff. Yeah, just go ahead and stick that in my trailer.
3: You know? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. We need to make sure that yes, that's put in a special spot, my trailer. That way, yeah. I can have that. I mean, they they get into some real heavy duty discussions about, like I think Ryan was talking about. He's got the some of the armor from Alien, mm-hmm. or Aliens. I'm sorry, Michael BN's armor from, and from he's aliens? like he yeah. had like the he had like the the far away stuff. Like the action stuff, but then he, and so he sold that and he bought like the close up, like more of the hero stuff. Gotcha. And then he was saying, Wow, I'm kind of, I'm kind of upset about that because what I'd really like to have is a display with both of them so you could see the differences. I'm like, Oh my goodness, that is, that's a rabbit hole you could go down forever. For sure. Yeah.
0: No, and he had one of Conan swords mm-hmm. from the Conan movies, a hero sword, when it was used. And, you know, I think I even tweeted about yeah. it, like, Hey, he's got a Conan sword. And some, you know, internet idiot came up like, he showed a video of, of of Arnold like this is Conan's sword, you know, and I was just looking at him like, well, <laughs> a you know Arnold's not showing you a certificate of authenticity there. B that sword looked pristine, like it hadn't been used. And if you mm-hmm. use it in the movie, right. it's going to get chips and nicks and stuff on that. It's going to be used, you know. And so a, a hero's sword is not going to be pristine. But I'm like, I didn't really want to go down a rabbit hole with some internet. Oh, it's mm, not yeah. it. Your guys lying. I'm like, yeah. Right. The, the Hollywood producers lying well, about the stuff that he has. You, you're, you're right, Mister. <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere, we, we're trying to fool you. That's that's why you voted for Trump twice. But anyway.
3: Well, I know that was a big thing. It's like at one point in time, you wanted pristine, right? You right. wanted it to be perfect. But then it's like, no, I really want one. Yeah, like you said, it's got nicks and dirt on it that you can see. No, it's, authentic. it's actually on it's the used. set. Correct. Yeah. Correct.
0: Yeah. You yeah. don't want a Mickey Mantle it's bat really that's meshed. like right off the press. You want one he got a hit with, right? right? You know, yeah. And that's going to have nicks and dings yeah. on it. So, yeah. So, I mean, the first time we we spoke with him, House of the Dragon hadn't come out yet. It was still in production. And now it's a global sensation, as we knew it would be, uh, on the back of Game of Thrones, mm, yeah. which was so well done and, and so popular with folks. But uh, now that he's actually hit the big time with it, I'm just glad he still wants to talk about rock and roll with us you know
3: well i think that's the that's the cool part is that you know he, he has made it big he's got a big hit show but still the the passion for stuff like that burns in him yeah. and so that is uh that is pretty cool it will never go away
0: there he is can
3: you, can you hear me
0: yeah yeah you sound good
4: yes good cool how are you
0: good how are you
4: all right it's sunny in london even not just amsterdam and
0: <laughs> by the way lit. It it rains more here than it ever did in London, but I swear to God, ever since we moved in, it has rained like almost every day. So, Uh,
4: I was there, and I was there for a few days, like like three or four days or something, in the summer and um, in August, and it was gorgeous. It was glorious there. Uh, It was was actually hot, yeah, but uh, beautiful city, really great, great. Amsterdam.
0: Well, look, look at you, man. You got your Led Zeppelin T-shirt on, man. You're all ready ready. to go. Yeah. All right. Well, look, (laughs) hey. And and congratulations on the success of the show. I finally got to watch them all. I got HBO for Christmas, and I ah, I, I just great. got to uh, to watch them all. Really amazingly well done, well written. And I know that you may have used some blue screens and stuff, but I mean the sets <laughs> and the cinematography and stuff was really really cool stuff. Ryan is really well done.
4: Great, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we tried to do as much in camera as. Uh... As we could, but of course, you know fantasy world like that, you do have to create some things uh some things digitally but yes we're we're intensely proud of it and uh hard at work on season two, which we'll start filming in a few months and uh and on and on we go excellent well, and I'll tell you I was just telling Jackson
0: another great part about getting hBO max was I got to get your co-host uh you partner in crime on the stuff dreams are made of you can see david's great show veep in its entirety it's just That's one of those right. shows that for whatever reason i just didn't watch it while it was coming out you know i'll be like i'll get there i'll i'll see it one day yeah. right
4: good good David. David- appreciate that he's fans. and he's yeah. got his next one is coming too in um march or may i forget which slot he got uh but white house plumbers it's like a sort of uh, Cohen Cohen esque take on the uh, the Watergate break in through the POV <laughs> of the of the uh, burglars and uh, it looks the trailer's out it looks uh, hilarious as would be expected I'm sure I'm um, so excited for that one as well just Excellent. plugging all all sorts of stuff as well as our please listen to our podcast the stuff dreams are made of uh, about uh, movie we talk about
3: that a little bit before you got on
4: yeah
0: yeah no you've got a cool collection and inspiring people you know to uh, appreciate these little bits of of movie history really right i mean cinema that cinema history yeah i mean someone has to preserve that stuff
4: yeah i mean that's what our that's what our whole life is it's what your podcast is about right it's about it's about nostalgia and preserving history and uh, and um, trying to relive our, our, our glory days a bit. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, and, and as long as, you know, these guys
0: are still alive, I want to get them on the show. I want to talk to them. I want to talk about their records that are having 40th and 50th anniversaries. Can you That's imagine great. that Houses of the Holy turns 50 in just short order here and not too long from now? That's no. That means I must be turning 50 soon. That's nuts.
4: No, it's ins- it's insane. It's insane. It was uh, yeah, it was released a day after my dad turned twenty one. How about that? Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. But we, we, I know you don't have a ton of time, and so we want to we want to hit track by track. But what we like to do is to kind of learn a little bit about how you came. To know this record, and it, maybe you could give a little background about how you came into Led Zeppelin. But it was like, yeah. how did you? How old were you when you found this? What effect did it have on you? And maybe talk about some of uh, big moments you may have uh, enjoyed while listening to these eight songs. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, I came to Zeppelin, I think in college. So I guess, I guess a bit late, but I didn't, you know, my music taste was so defined by my social group. And, you know, I grew up in the, you know, I, I went middle middle school for me was 1991. So that, you know, glorious run of uh, 10 and uh, Nirvana's first album right. and the black album Metallica that, you know, I I, there's, there's a meme on the internet of like, the stack of cassette tapes, the insane stack of cassette tapes that was all released in the same, like, (laughs) month in 1991 that are all classics. And, you know, basically, you know, see, you know, good luck to you every year after 1991. (laughs) So my music taste was really defined around that. And, of course, a kid, you know, at that age, you're interested in listening to, you know, the music of your generation, not necessarily going back. But um, I became a big kind of metalhead uh, sort of through – through high school and in, into college, and I was always into the harder stuff. So you know, Metallica, and okay. I was big, big into Rage Against the Machine and okay. this stuff from also from that era. Too, I was a huge Tool fan, um, and also all the kind of you know grunge all alt stuff but on the on the grunt on the harder side Allison chain change yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah all the, all that all that kind of stuff i i now have a very diverse uh uh music taste uh but back then it was it, it was a lot of that and re- you know remains the Deaf tones uh, et, cetera, et cetera. so um in college i met actually a guy who is this who is this like led zeppelin obsessive and he was a really good talented bass player and he always used to talk about john paul jones and his bass playing and i never heard anybody talk about bass playing as a individual art within a band and i mean even, i of course i knew led zeppelin by reputation i knew a bunch of their songs but i always thought of page and plant and Bonham. Sure. you know i didn't think of you know john paul jones and he always talked about him a lot so actually i started listening out of a sort of interest in that and i was very interested in history and you know all the things the eras that came before as you can see surrounding me here um it's always been a fascination of mine so um i started listening and i got really into it and and he he you know he smartly said you know the these guys are the four everybody says the beatles are the forefathers of rock but he's like the rock that you listen to right these are the forefathers of that rock you know it's you know metallica does maybe maybe exist with you know without the beatles but d- definitely does not exist without zeppelin you know that True. sort of thing mm-hmm. and um and i and i got really into it and of course it went for all the led zeppelin named albums first and the the hardest heaviest stuff first you know immigrant song and and a whole lot of love and you know stairway not that that's hard but the you know the famous one I always remember wayne's world you know the, sure no stairway <laughs> no stairway denied and um <laughs> and I got very into it and it was just started really appreciating the, the musicianship uh at play there and this was right around that time that I don't know if you remember it, but it was one of their many box sets. But the the stack of CDs that slotted into that sort of garage door, uh, the the you know the one that they they had and okay. it was like it was all of their studio albums. Uh, I think including Coda yeah. just slotted into this little thing with a cardboard cover that came. So that was the first thing that I bought, and it was like a hundred dollars, and it was oh like wow, huge, yeah, a you know, huge deal. And I just you know I just listened to them. So I I don't think that I don't think that I came to any individual album in any different way i really came to led zeppelin as an oeuvre okay. and certainly i had different experiences i there were albums i played more than others at the beginning um i'm an un- unapologetic led zeppelin 3 fan i really think that that is their first great album i think Amazing. they're a great band right out of the gate but i think that one really the the musicianship and the it's a game changer yeah that's not just blues based rock yeah absolutely correct correct and the right and the songwriting and and all that is, is, um, is really great. And then, um, I've, but I've always loved Houses of the Holy. I find that to be one of the, and I actually listened to it a bunch, uh, this week, uh, knowing that I was sitting with you guys and, uh, not wanting to be talking out of my ass any more, norm- more than I <laughs> normally do. But I, um, I was, I remembered why I often go to that one. Cause it's one of, it's one of theirs that I find is really listenable from beginning to end. You can okay. kind of put it on and experience the album, you know, as I imagine you would have done back in the day with, a vinyl record and put it on. Just sat and listened to it as almost like a movie. You know, watching the experience and going through the chapters of it. And look, not that their other albums aren't like that, but this one is particularly to to me feels like that. It ha- it has an opener. It has a great you know great closing, and it has mm-hmm. these kind of rhythms and moves that it goes through. And um, and uh, I've. I've always just I you know I've always really really loved um, that album and uh, I think I mentioned to you Mac when we were talking about it we (laughs) in the debate over uh, wedding songs and things like that Uh, right uh, we did not it was not our song technically but it was the song that began our wedding reception was uh, over the hills and far away because I just love that one of the greatest transitions of all time you know to go to go from a kind of plucky ballad into a you know true rocker Led Zeppelin rocker and that's right I just I love the lyrics of it and there's actually a British, um, like military hymn, called the same thing that I, I found the lyrics to, and, oh, and, and it seems like it seems like they're pulling something from there. It's, um, but it's it's called "Over the Hills and Far Away." Uh, it's like a marching, a marching hymn. So anyway, that that's sort of my history with it. I, I love, I love the album. Uh, I was reading, uh, reading up on it too, which, and again in prep for this, and and it was referred to as the um, the last great Led Zeppelin record, which Ooh. I don't know that i i mean physical graffiti is pretty terrific but uh, okay okay (laughs) but uh you know a great i mean obviously uh that's that's written with love at least for house of the holy so uh i love yeah i love i I love the album and and uh it's a it's so it's a desert island disc i would say
0: awesome awesome killer all right well before we get track by track jackson how about you how did you get to houses
3: well i was a couple years older still am then Ryan so uh, mine was more in high school like in the late 80s so before right. all of the music that you were talking about came out so i was kind of in that in in between part i knew led zeppelin i had heard a lot of it but not all of it and i'm like okay i need to buy one of their albums so that i can be cool and say that i have a led zeppelin record and 2 and 3 were kind of i didn't really know them that well and this was and 4 everybody had so that was not that was easy to get to this one was like i know some of the songs So I think if I pull the trigger, I'll be okay. Bought it, listened to everything. I used to, I put it, I had it on CD. I put it on a tape and I used to remember, I get in the car and just listen to it. I just drive, just go somewhere, just get out of the house, just chill. So I've listened to this a thousand times All forward right. and backwards in its entirety. So like you're saying, Ryan, it's like, it is like a movie. You know, you have a beginning, a middle, and an end.
1: Yeah, no,
0: that's cool. No, I mean, like like Jackson was saying, yeah, we're, we're a few years old you. That time,
3: 1991,
0: when you were in middle school, that's when we met as freshmen in, in college, me and Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and, and, and it was an interesting time for music because it's like, yes, here comes Pearl Jam. Here comes Nirvana. Here comes Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. But that that exact same time, you know, Here's u 2 Octung, baby. Here's Def Leppard back after five years away. You know, here's Dire Straits back after five or six years away. Yeah. You know, you know, here's Metallica's coming up with this huge black, you know, so it's, you know, there was some old school and new school going on at the time. And we were pretty old school. Our tastes always were a little bit older than we were anyway. Like in the late 80s, I would say my favorite bands were like Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, and Rush. Like, not late 70s. This yeah. is late 80s. That's what I liked, yeah. you know. And my dad was into rock and roll. I mean, like, he he taught me about Chuck Berry when I was, like, four years old, you know. And he liked The Doors and he liked Cream and that kind of stuff. He also didn't like The Beatles much. He didn't like The Rolling Stones. He didn't like Led Zeppelin. So I had to go out and find that. And I think I came to houses because I had two and four. And I obviously knew that there was a one and three, because if there's a two and four, there must be a one and three. So it's like, all right, well, let me see what else there is. Physical graffiti, okay, that's a double album. I don't know if I can afford that one. But what's this one? What's the orange one? With the naked kids on the rocks. Uh, that's kind of weird. You know, Another hypnosis title, I mean, a cover. So it's like, all right, well, I'll check that out. And, yeah, like you, it was like over the hills and far away, I'm like, this is an amazing song with like the acoustic bit. And of course, I didn't really knew know about tracking. You know, it's like you can just lay down on one track an acoustic guitar and another track come in with the electric. So I just had visions of him playing an acoustic guitar on stage for that bit and then like throwing it to a roadie and then he's got his Les Paul underneath go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, you know, you could just do that magic in the studio, or maybe you had a pedal that you could be playing on, on your double neck Gibson, just press the pedal and then you're in the next stratosphere. But But.
4: but they would play it live. They played it live though. And they had to, they had to do that, you know, they had to do that live and kind of amazing, you know? Ahead of their time, I would say, I mean, it's not everybody was doing that. That's for sure.
1: Hi, I'm Deborah Bonham,
4: and
3: I am the Irish werewolf in England. Peter (laughs) Bullock.
1: And you're listening to the ugly American werewolf in London. (laughs) But all
0: right, let's, I know you don't have a ton of time, so let's go track by track. We start off with the always favorite song remains the same. Another song that he used, that beautiful Double-neck Gibson on, and yeah. I guess one that they really love to play live. Yeah, is this is, is this always catch you? You always say, "Wow, this is an amazing way to open this this album."
4: Yeah, I mean, I can hear. You know, obviously, I can I can hear the I can hear that that opening uh, that opening riff very clearly. It's just, it's just another great Led Zeppelin opener. I mean, there's you know there's no two ways about it. Man, they really they you know that's a run of five killer openers if you really just <laughs> you know go down the list of thinking about those um you know good times bad times and uh so what's the what's the opener on two three is uh three is immigrant song four is um black dog what's the what's the opener on two it's I, it's, it's leaving me it's not a whole lot of love it's, what's, it's what's not what's heartbreaker going? either
0: uh no it's well i can get there in about mm. two seconds here
4: A uh, trivia question yeah a whole lot of love sort of eats that album uh up so you just <laughs> and probably everybody just skipping to that one but uh but yeah it's 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 such a terrific song and it's the name of the name of the uh the famous sort of
0: it is song. whole lot of love.
4: It is whole lot of love. It is that whole lot of love. love. It Why is yeah. that? Okay, there you go. Well, there you go. Makes sense. Uh, so, so it continues the tradition of great, uh, great Supplin' Record Openers, but it's also the a song remains the same as the name of um, the Boondoggle uh, documentary. film film slash mm-hmm. fantasy yeah, foodie sequence foodie. yeah 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 making their own like back lord of the rings kind of thing <laughs> whatever that was um, again in high yeah. school i love that shit
0: man yeah. i thought it was <laughs> great it's like not only cool to see him in the madison square garden but it's like the yeah, the, the dream sequences or whatever like yeah,
4: yeah this is trippy yeah. man <laughs> yeah yeah and that's i mean what an, i mean if you had to make like a mount rush more of all time shows to be at you know 1985 Live Aid with uh, you know with, with Queen and I the Beatles on the you know the roof of the um the roof of the uh well the you know the Let It Be the the, the uh, Apple Building yeah yeah exactly yeah. and uh and that Madison Square Garden show has to be has to be one this is one of the just legendary you know because at that period they were so kind of you know smacked out on all of their uh, various substances you either got like a legendary let zeppelin show or like they couldn't you know figure out how to <laughs> right how to, you know you know put the night together and i think that was one of the legendary ones and um, man that yeah anyway great opener
3: Yeah. What do you think, Jackson? Yeah. I mean, again, it, it's what you, you want to start a record off. When you look at everything on here, you want to get them going. You want to get them hooked in. And this is the way to go. Uh, it, it looks like this was supposed to be, or started off life as an instrumental, which it sounds, it definitely sounds like the vocals will kind of put in, you know, like, man, eh, maybe we don't want to be an instrumental. Let's put some vocals in. The, the melody is really running the show on this one and not the vocals. So yeah, great way to start the, uh, start the disc off.
0: Yeah. Jimmy's a little frantic uh, at the beginning, really kind of throughout, but it's still cool. I guess he and John Paul Jones had both taken some of their winnings from the previous tours and albums and built home studios, which allowed them Mm -hmm. to develop some of these songs before they came in, Mm because usually they would come in and and do it all together. But now they can come in with some more fully formed concepts. What I didn't, because he he composed it as the overture when he brought it Mm -hmm. to the boys. And then... right. Plant kind of changed the lyrics. He added lyrics in it and, and talked about life on the road. So then it kind of became The Campaign was the working title until they decided on the song remains the same. What I didn't realize, but I can hear it now, they sped up Robert's voice in the song. He sung it at one speed. Yeah, they sung yeah. it. They they pulled it up to make it a little higher, a little faster. So, I mm-hmm. although they love to play this live, I wonder if it was difficult for Robert to pull off because he had to get to that higher yeah.
3: register to match. Right. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah, probably easier to put it in the beginning when you can still sing that high and not uh, right not at the end when <laughs> you've been out there for an hour. Started, yeah, exactly. I like the I like the part too where it it comes in frantic, but then in the middle it slows way down. So you kind of groove to that a little bit, and then bam, right back into it again. It's yeah. got that melodic
0: run by Jimmy in it too. It, it's really nice stuff. Mm. I, I have to admit that when I was younger, especially when I would watch the movie Song Remains the Same, it would, I would it'd be kind of a bummer to me. Just because I'm like, Jimmy's got the double neck. Is he going to play Stairway? Oh, no, it's the Song Remains the Same song,
1: right? And I was like, <laughs> you
0: can't just use that for Stairway, young Mac. He can use it for other things. But you're right. Great way, killer way to start off the record. And they loved it. They, they almost never did didn't play that song the rest yeah. of the time that they performed. Yeah,
4: I've, I believe they played it at Celebration Day, which was their last, you know, their last they live did. show. I believe that's on that. Yeah. That's on that. And that's another one. Cause that's what I was actually alive for. Exactly. Uh, Would have been man. I know, I know uh, some uh, actor who's in my first pilot who's a big, big metal head. Mm-hmm. Um, paid uh, paid 10 grand to go to that show. And he's like and I was oh. I wasn't like front row. I was I was just there. Just in the building. No, I like, <laughs> you know I, I mean like I understand Dave Grohl is there. Dave Grohl
0: can do whatever he wants, you know, yeah. but it's like yeah. it's like 30 million requests for something yeah. like 20,000 tickets or something yeah. like that, you know. So
3: Yeah. Uh oh well. You All said, right. So you said he when... paid 10 grand, but he said he can say he was there. Yeah, exactly. Actually,
4: I mean, no regrets. No <laughs> regrets. Yep. Yeah. No doubt
0: about it. All right. Now We always talk about on the show how, like, the first song's usually got to come out and grab you, get you going. The second one usually takes it up a notch, and the third one's a gear shift back. Mm -hmm. But on this one, the second one is the big gear shift back with Rain Song. A very long song, seven and a half, eight minutes, and one that... If you just ask me without me looking, I often can't place which album Rain song is on. And I might mm. just guess, oh, was that on three? Because they had some softer songs on three? Was that on mm. physical graffiti? Cause I can't remember all of side three and four of physical graffiti. But I've just forgot what a beautiful song this was until I really listened to the record again.
4: This is a George Harrison song. He mm. uh That's right. He uh yeah, he was I got which I didn't know, but he was like a huge Zeppelin fan and just loved what they were doing and like gift gifted this to them uh i guess and i mean it's unclear as to what you know what exactly he did did he write uh, you know riff or whatever but i just i love that kind of dna in there and i love that i love that one of the beatles was also a fan of let's face it the greatest rock band of all time
0: Ooh. You know, uh, yeah, big statement from mr yeah Come.
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i think it's was hard rock ad. band of all time mm. i would
3: say there you go. Yeah. Harrison was at uh, Jones's birthday party, and they were talking about this, you know, oh, you guys, you, you're great, but you should write a slow song, blah, blah, blah. And I think at some point in time in that party, uh, Bonham ended up throwing Harrison into the pool. And <laughs> yeah. if that's not one of the – cool, like, could you imagine, like, this is all going on at one thing. It's fantastic. And, and to your point, it's it amazing. is really cool that Harrison would be – not just a fan of the band. Like he understood music. He understood where it was going. He really liked them and what they were doing.
0: Yeah. And I think the comment was he went to Jimmy's like, I like Led Zeppelin, but they don't play any ballads. So yeah. maybe he showed something to Jimmy. Maybe Jimmy just borrowed. I mean, look the beginning chords. are basically It's the same as something basically the same right. as chords is something, you know, the famous yeah. George Harrison Beatles track. So he reworked it, but you know, a lot of great acoustic in here. I think that JPJ, wrote the string section
4: and played it through a Mellotron mm-hmm. which is kind of cool something that he could do was this album the first appearance of the uh the the synth stuff for for Zeppelin I was trying to think back cuz I'm I'm sure I'm I'm sure it shows up before but this is the first one where I think it's really present where you can tell that it's not just Guitar-based drums. It's starting. It's starting to move in that kind of, you know, synth. It goes very like with Castellambra and stuff like that. A little like
0: more that. proggy, yeah. That's uh, yeah, a little yeah, more yeah, proggy. Yeah, proggy. yeah. A- absolutely. Because the World. first two were basically straight blues and rock albums for the most part. Right. The third one, they branch out and do some acoustic stuff and and, and arrange acoustic, more stuff. yes. Yeah. And then yeah, and and then uh, you know Zeppelin 4 actually you know has the acoustic stuff and the hard rock stuff, but he's also got you know some more mellow stuff on there. But this, I think, this is a real turning point for the band. It's like let's do some different things, and we're going to see that in the songs to come.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think too that the fact that Jones now had his own studio, like Jimmy Page in his house, and it's like, ooh, I've got the studio, I've got toys, let's play with these. And for yeah. I think for him to come into the recording sessions with stuff that he'd already done. You know, you were talking, Ryan, before about the base, and you know how it kind of gets pushed to the side. And we've talked about this before. John Paul Jones is probably one of, if not the greatest, utility infielders ever. You know, just filling in his right. stuff, grooving underneath, and just yeah, he adds a lot to this record. Not that he doesn't on the other ones, but yeah, it, I think he's kind of coming into his own here, doing uh, different stuff. I mean, he was sort of
4: he was sort of like bands. Producer musician, he was musician slash producer because he was, you know, of all the madness and the, you know, the, you know, drinking (laughs) quarts of vodka and Mm -hmm. racing motorcycles (laughs) up the stairs. You don't really hear about him in those stories, and I feel like he kind of kept it together. And I, I feel like a lot of the reason that band survived, not like physically survived, but meaning you know kept it together enough to make Mm -hmm. more albums, was because he was there kind of gluing it all together Mm -hmm. and and keep you know keeping it flowing and composing the it wasn't just the guitar riff or the lyrics he was composing the the uh the the orchestra or you know conducting the orchestra yep. so, so right. to speak
0: no true you know and page and plant get co-writes on all of these songs but but jonesy uh, has uh co-writes on half of these songs and like gary said utility inferior you need bass great i play the bass you need a mandolin yeah that's fine i'll play the mandolin you you need an organ you need a piano you know what do you need you know you need strings yeah. okay i can put that together he and, and, and you're right, he's, I mean, compared to the other ones, I mean, he's been married to the same woman for, what, 55, 56 years, something crazy, like, at least crazy yeah. in the annals of rock and roll, so, yeah. uh, he, he was, he you know, he was the steady one, while Jimmy was kind of the, you know, woo, he was out there, but talented as they <laughs> can be, right? I made a funny note here in listening to it in some of the interludes it sounds like, and I mean this in a in a good way. It sounds like something in the background of like a '70s James Bond film, like after an action scene, like they get away from the bad guys, and then they float down the river, just James and some spy he's trying to woo, right? You know, and like this could be on the background when James, is like, well, darling, since we have some time to kill, I mean, it just, it just, I don't know, that just came to me. <laughs> I I didn't know if you guys would would relate to that or not, but it's I'll beautiful. It ha- listen to it now. Yeah, it has, it has majesty to it it's a bit of a jam at the end yeah like Um, i said
4: it's like the experience listening to this movie is uh listening to this album is like watching a movie it has its it has its kind of story rhythms to it you know it's the opening action sequence with song remains the same and then this is the uh the floating floating down the river i didn't think it was a james bond song but i could see it as a these guys would have been a great would, would i would have loved to see the movie scored by the musicians of led zeppelin you know how like with uh hmm. trent Reznor and Att- atticus finch has become not atticus finch uh what is his name that's the uh guy from kill mockingbird right um <laughs> god it's left me but a lot of these a lot of uh musicians have have, have moved on to uh, scoring you know scoring yep. movies um uh, trevor raymond
0: of yes yep. has scored like 50 movies or whatever yep. you know yeah would- danny elfman of oingo boingo yep. is, is one yep. of the biggest scorers in the world right
4: yeah well, he's so famous as a composer that I think people forget that he was. Boy go, boy He a rocker first. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Mothersbaugh
0: of Devo has done some great there scores over yep. the years. You know, Robbie Robertson of the band has done some scores and. Jimmy Page maybe did Death Wish 2, and John Paul Jones maybe did Death Wish 3, but I don't know if everybody loves those. I'll tell you one more thing about the Rain Song. (laughs) Robert Plant doesn't really like to compete with his former self, and when he goes out with Alison Krauss or with his Band of Joy, he might do one or two Zeppelin songs, and maybe they're reworked a little bit. This is one I'd like to see him do now, now that Mm, he's more of a crooner Mm. and he's not trying to scream out those stuff. I would like to see him do this with Alison. Now, you know, and he's going to be in Louisville the week of the Derby. So uh, maybe I'll go Ah. go check him out.
3: You could, yeah, you could rework this and have it have more of a country feel to it and still be the same song. That would be interesting.
0: We'll see. I'll I'll send him a letter. We'll we'll see if he gets
3: it. Yeah, Um. I mean, you talk weekly, so sure. (laughs) Bring it up. Uh, But no, but the third song, here we go, Ryan, Over the Hills and
0: Far Away. This was easily in high school easily my favorite song off of this record and maybe at the time at least for a brief period my favorite Led zeppelin song
4: yeah i went through that i I think i went through that as well i think i think uh i think my favorite zeppelin song now is um achilles last stand i just i i just feel like that's such like the height of the art and it's um, doing everything you know that's so great about it it's like you know nine minutes long it's it's just wonderful but uh but yeah i think i think this this one i i love the 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 musicianship i love the the song the songwriting the the lyrics of it are beautiful the emotional feeling that i think it puts puts you through um and now now it has this like you know this, this nostalgic chord that it hits cuz i just think of you know i think of our our wedding and uh mm-hmm. it's um you know we still you know 11 years later we still like each other and uh it's, it's just wonderful. it was it was such a great day and and um yeah i i just i i, I love the song
0: that's awesome uh, i just i just love the dichotomy of it's it's this cool acoustic nylon thing mm, 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 mm. and then yeah.
4: you
2: know
0: burr, 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 comes in with the big riff it's just cool i actually quoted this on my senior page of my yearbook mellow is the man who knows what he's been missing many many men can't see the open road now, I yeah. didn't know. I couldn't see the open road back then. I didn't know what the hell I was
1: talking
4: no. about.
0: I just thought it was cool. It's like, I'm going to miss out on some things, but it's OK. I got a long term plan. Still a great quote.
4: Yeah, to me, this would be a great um, end of a movie, you know, after mm. the, uh, mm. the lead character, you know, bearing the wounds of the final confrontation and deciding to, you know, walk again into the, uh, you know, Kwai Chen Kane going back into the into the sunset onto the next uh, Western town to wow, solve the yeah. next problem.
0: Yeah. There you go. Yeah, a little kung fu action for you, yeah. Jackson. Any anything on over the hills before we get to crunch?
3: Just, I mean, everything that everybody else said, but it, I really like to listen to this to to see how it builds. You know, you've got the one guitar, then you've got two guitars, and I would sit here and listen. To, I would sit there and listen to it and just say, "Well, how did you do that?" I'm trying to pick out the different the different parts, and I know that you couldn't do it all live, but yeah, the part where he goes from the acoustic to the electric, yeah, you see him, you know, I'm picturing it up on the on some kind of stand, and then you take one step back. You reach down because the Les Paul's down by, you know, by your knees. You crank the volume and then bam, you go into it. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: So much, so much, so much.
3: And if you're halfway decent and you've got the time, you can sit there and pick out the beginning of it on an acoustic guitar. And if you can even play that beginning, the beginning part of the notes, beginning phrase, you think you're you know pretty cool in high school. Yeah, that's right. Did you ever play guitar or, or dabble with it at all, Ryan?
4: No, I have no musical ability at all. My brother's very good. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, my, brother, my brother's really, really good. And I think would have, uh, I don't know that songwriting would have been, that was in his wheelhouse, but definitely like if he had stuck with it and really, and he, he plays, you know, for fun and casually is like a, he's yeah. a, just a, a distraction. But I think if he had really committed himself, I mean, I think he could have been a hell of a guitar player.
0: That's cool. That's cool. And I want to yeah. congratulate you on putting, you know, uh, some actors in your show that have some musical history. First of all, Patty Considine is a fine yeah. musician, you know. And- he's,
4: a, he's a rock star.
0: Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, and he he was on the Rock on Tours with Guy Pratt and Gary Camp, who we've had on our show.
4: Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah,
0: they're part of Nick Mason's Saucer for the Secrets, and he was on there, and he was talking about being on your show, but he's also talking about his music, which I thought was yeah. cool.
4: Riding the low.
0: Yes. Yeah, and, and, and then Reese. Yeah. Reeves yeah. was in the, the video, the, the Great Oasis, The Importance of Being Idle video. Now, he's been in a, he's an amazing actor. He's been in all sorts of films. I'm sure Notting Hills, where a lot of yeah. people remember him from, at least at first. Fine, fine actor, but I Ooh. remember him from that video because, uh, well, that just kind of seems his personality to me. I
3: don't know. I remember uh, him from and Every time I see him, every time I see him, it's always, <laughs> I, th- I thought you said he was all muscle. A malaria. and he just walks off as the yeah. kicker from what was that the replacements yeah that, that, that was not a Lincoln good movie Radies. by the way <laughs> it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was not a good movie but he was no. awesome in it
0: i'm like they wasted gene hackman on this you've got to <laughs> be kidding
3: me reese,
4: reese is hilarious <laughs>
0: yeah i bet he is please tell him we are fans he's
4: he started his uh he started his career at the very beginning of his career he did he did stand up in welsh oh my god yeah, he was a Welsh stand-up. I was like, that's a very, that feels like a very niche kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. But, uh, but apparently it was uh, hilarious, and he's bi- bilingually hilarious. But, um, yeah, actually, and also, uh, you know, talking about uh, DNA in on our show, Millie Alcock, uh, yeah. young Rhaenyra, is in the new uh, Noel Gallagher video. She's the star. Is of she? New, you know, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. that's killer, man. I see where yeah. Noel was, is going to do some shows around the UK this summer. Tickets are already going on sale, so. Uh, yeah. That is awesome. Well, I have to check that out because I didn't know that. Uh, good for her. That's awesome. All right, look, well, we gotta stay on point, guys. I know we're running out of time here. <laughs> Number four, last song on the first side, because we we, although I never had this on cassette, I went straight to CD on this one. But that is how people used to listen to them, either on on LP or on cassette. Yeah, we'd listen to it and flip it, and the last song on the first song. Those are those th-
4: blacks. The black cds right the the
0: black cds that for some reason cost five times as much but you can't take them in the car yeah that's yeah 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 Um, did you all right so tell me i'm gonna go last on the crunch tell me what you guys think about the crunch
4: i think this is the skippable one from this album i really do like the whole album i I was listening this week i've played it all the way through but this just feels like them just like messing around and and i just i don't know it it, because it's such a great i mean with those three back-to-back killers and it's just it just it's like okay, you got. I don't. Th- I don't think it's filler because I don't. I, it's not that. It's a. It's a tight album. I just think they're they're like having a laugh. And I actually think if you read the interviews, they they sort of they sort of were. And with this, right. and then with with Do Your Maker. Um. Uh. Anyway, but yes, I. I don't know. I. I don't have much to say about the crunch. <laughs> uh, it just. It. Just, it also feels like new toys in the studio. Kind of let's mess around with the new stuff, and you know, yeah, there's see, nothing you know. wrong with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But but yeah, that's my read on the crunch.
3: Jackson, it was that confounded bridge? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, very very odd change of pace. I when I when I was first listening to this record, I didn't like it. I have come to like it a lot more. That bass is super funky. It is. Um, it, it's it's a James Brown, I guess, tribute. So you can kind of see that you know yeah. they paying homage to him. What I really liked that it, the it, it's got that weird ele- the electronic stuff going up underneath. And then what I really liked was you heard Robert Plant actually speak at the end. And you're like, you know what? He sounds like a really cool dude in his speaking voice, you know, because he goes all over the place. Like his voice doesn't stay in one register, but to actually hear him speak. And that was before you really could get into like interviews and stuff on YouTube. So it's a nice change of pace for me. It's weird. And it's just them doing whatever they wanted to do at that point.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. So, it, honestly, because of the beat, this one was always off-putting to me. Like, you, you can't dance to this, mm. and that was intentional. Bottom was trying to do kind mm-hmm. of an off-kilter thing to it, so it's clever. So, I appreciate that they wanted to do something different. I appreciate they were kind of doing some kind of tribute to James Brown. But I'm with Ryan. I I, I rarely listen to this. I'll be honest with you. I hadn't listened to this album all the way through since high school until we started to do research for our show today. You know, because it's just I would hear this and I'm like, oh yeah, this is the one that that doesn't sound right. You know, um, the bass is funky. Jimmy's playing stuff that I don't love. It's, It's a little high. It's not killer Jimmy- Stuff, but
3: you know it is he definitely out in front on this one.
0: Yeah, look, I, I give them credit for, for for pushing out. It's like we said, they were very blues and hard rock based. Those first yeah. two albums, they went a little more acoustic. But that's you know that's okay. So you're bringing in some bluegrass, kind of old Celtic, maybe country stuff. But now this is where they're really doing something different. I don't love it, but I give them credit for doing it.
4: Can I make a pitch? Can I make yeah. a pitch? Pitch? Going traveling back to nineteen seventy-three as they're tracking the album. Can can we just um swap this one out and maybe keep this for like a B sides and rarities uh collection at some point and put Houses of the Holy, of the Holy. <laughs> actually on, on this album? The track, what? the title put the title track on the this album. Graffiti doesn't need it. That's a big enough that's a it's a double album. It's big yeah, enough, that's no, right. we would miss it. And that and that was is definitely like, weird that is the fourth act of this album would be pretty killer. Yes. It would be amazing. And now, it was always
3: minute. weird as a kid to try and figure out why you called the thing houses of the holy. Why did you not have houses? Of, well, you don't worry about that because we do whatever we want. Okay, <laughs> fine. Right. Yeah, you're, right. it is very strange that not only would you not use the tune, but you put it on the next record. And okay. I know I know
4: I know I came to them late, but I always sort of in my head, you know, as you retcon things in your head, or do you do you um head canon? I always in my my presumption was always that the Houses of the Holy track on physical graffiti was something related to the making of or the touring of this album. It was actually it was so seminal in their oeuvre hmm. that they wrote a song about you know, it was almost like a song about hmm. the album or a song about the experience of making the album. I never th- thought that. You know, I know that it's the thing, you know, in in rock, you have the, you know, the, the album, the song, that's the title of the album, you know, and justice for all master of puppets, (laughs) Um, but for me, like, I was just like, oh yeah, okay, cool. That's just a song about the the experience. And I, but I didn't realize until, you know, reading one of the many uh, uh, Zeppelin books that this was, that was actually, it was meant to be on this album and then was either unfinished and they, they put it aside and they picked it up again for physical graffiti, which is uh, yeah. Good story.
0: Speaking of stories, do we know who says, where is that confounded bridge at the end? I, In research, nobody knows. Everybody has their theories, but nobody knows exactly who that
3: it's is. It's not plant? A lot of people think it is. Mm. It's it's what it always sounded like to me. What are the other options? That it could have been Bonzo. The option is that it could
0: have been John huh. Paul Jones,
3: and it could have maybe
0: been John Paul Jones, although it doesn't sound much like it from... Interviews. I mean, it sounds like an accountant, like someone who's around. Where is that? Country? Where did I put my pen? You know. Yeah. Where is that? But it feels.
4: Bridge? It feels like treated to me. It feels like they 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 slowed it down, maybe or sped it up. And if they were maybe. playing with tape speeds, it could be disguised. I I always thought it was planned because he's just you know somebody missed somebody yeah. missed the cue you know and and uh, you know the. The lead singer is always the most indignant of, of the band. That's part of course. It's part of the role.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. But when he's going, I can't find the bridge. That's so high. And then he's yeah. where is that confounded bridge? That's much lower. So it might be him. You might be right. It might be sped down or something. Who knows? Just another one of the Zeppelin mysteries out
4: there. That's everyone. right.
0: Going to side two, or the fifth song, Dance and Days. Now this is a nice change from the crunch, and it's a happy song. It's not like heavy. Yeah. It's like Led Zeppelin are happy, you know. That that's not usual for them. They, they, they usually have to be brooding over something, you know. But this is this is one that, and it's a great way to start off the second side of the record with Page kind of sliding around like he does. I don't know. I I never loved this. I always liked it okay. I never loved it as a kid. I think I like it better now. How about you guys?
4: Well, when I first heard it, I I couldn't believe that uh, Led Zeppelin had covered Stone Temple Pilots. you are young yeah those very young man experiences (laughs) where my first i had heard uh stp's you know cover of this a thousand times because i was a big stp fan before i ever realized that it was a zeppelin cover and you know for obviously the first time it came on i was like ah that's where that came from because it really is very you know it's not just the lyrics are pulled it's it's a kind of a direct lift with fuzz pedals and all that but um but yeah i actually i I really like this track and i, I like that it's a happy zeppelin song i mean before mm-hmm. before all the tragedy starts to hit the band in a, in a big way that kind of changes their you know lyric writing which i you know i think like is a big reason that you know the band never really survived or got back together after all that, you know, after, you know, you lose, you lose a child and, and, uh, with the experience that comes along with that. And he's like, how can I just go back on stage and like sing about, you know, fucking groupies. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's hard to like live in that you know live in that world. But um, but yeah, I mean, this isn't an, and this song is not about that. But I just I like I don't know I like the, I like that yes I like that they're they're happy and it's like an up, it's an upbeat song about the positivity of of life and living in the moment and pre- appreciating what you have and the times of the appreciating the good times when the you know the bad times passed and all that and and dancing days are here again you know meaning that there were good times before and there are good times again. And- I, I, yeah, I, I really like this track. It's a good one. It's a good one as you're coming off of uh, Over the Hills and Far Away, and as you skip the crunge, it's a good, good way to uh, a <laughs> good way to come back in. So true, so true. Hey guys, this is Ryan Condal, the executive producer, writer, creator of House of the Dragon, and you're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. And you should download and subscribe. Keep doing that.
3: On this one, um, as much as I love everybody else in the band, it really is Jimmy Page to me, so to hear that signature riff right off the bat, it's different. It sounds like, yeah, he's sliding around almost like he's melting the notes together. Um, and I really like the kind of the sentiment growing up where it was cold for a good part of the year, the whole about dancing days are here again as the summer evenings grow. Like you kind mm. of think, oh man, I can't wait for it to be summer. That's the best. So yeah, the, to your point, Ryan, hearkening back to, you know, a a, a time before and it will come again. I, that's why I always like this one. And the, the main riff is really great to me.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny. I, I guess I appreciate that lyric now more living in in england because that's where these guys grow <laughs> okay in, particularly in the north and let me tell you when after you you know november falls and the sun starts setting at like 3 45 in the afternoon mm-hmm. and it's just cold and gray for four months yeah. straight you really do start <laughs> to appreciate the dancing days and the long summer because the other side of that is you know summer the the, the summer uh summer sun is up you know, until 1030 at night. And then, you know, rises is mm-hmm. again at 430, quarter to five in the morning, which yeah, brings right. different problems. But at least they're happier problems. They're sunny. They're vitamin D based problems. <laughs> and right. uh, yeah. I did. I did uh, appreciate that song a lot more as I did. It's not on the album, but as I did going to California, because that's what, I lived there for 15 years. And and I've always loved that song because, you know, the idea of the British going to California and the, and the kind of, you know, the hope in the sun and everything that, you know, mm-hmm. that came along with that. And I'm very nostalgic for that song now. Cause I, I deeply miss California after having, <laughs> a, having lived here, but I guess da- dancing days is sort of the other side of that. It's like the experience of you really grow to appreciate summer here, living in England. Let me tell mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. That's for sure.
0: It's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to move to the Midwest where it's like, I remember Ryan, like if it was 90 or more, in england for like three or four days it's like oh my god we're melting all old old, old people are gonna die and i'm like it's 90 (laughs) every day from may through september where i'm going like every single day
4: yeah but Um, but because that's a modern place in a first world country you have air conditioning (laughs) To shirn to shelter, you don't pretend that this has never happened before, which is my favorite (laughs) feature of the now coming up on my third English summer. Oh, it's never like this, guys! It's been like this every year I've been here. Get some (laughs) air conditioning.
0: (laughs) I know. Well, and you look at the show is going to continue to be a hit, buddy. So you better get used to living there for a while. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're not going to shut down and say, "Oh yeah, why don't you you know make it in Vancouver or something?" No, you're going to yeah.
4: keep making it in England. I have no doubt, yeah. and in
0: Spain and some of the other cool places you get to
4: go. Yeah, Spain also has air conditioning.
0: <laughs> yes, they do. You know, uh, I was just there, and it's a wonderful place. All right, now second song on the second side or sixth song, "Jamaica," <laughs> as it's known to the British, "Dire Maker," is it's known to yeah. Americans. It's a reggae song. Yeah. That's out of their comfort zone. That's not something that they did before. And I got to tell you, if my memory serves me from high school, this is one the ladies love.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's all those different things. But this one actually fits into the puzzle in mm-hmm. a way. Right. More than it's the crunch. F- yeah. And it, more, Yeah. And I and I think um, it's funny because when I when i think i first saw the song title i just thought this was another one of their weird welsh gaelic uh, celtic sort of right. song titles and i didn't, yeah. i didn't realize that it was like a slang uh you know sort of slang yeah. inside <laughs> joke yeah so i'll just i'm but in my head canon i'm going to keep this one as one of their one of their weird uh you know one of their weird welsh titles but uh, i actually i like this one i'm going to i'm going to say i, I yeah. do i like this track and i do not skip this track
0: no never
1: I, 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 all is-
3: Yeah. I mean this this is this showcases bottom right off the bat just mm. beating the living crap out of these <laughs> drums. And it, it's different. And I know people, oh, well, you know, this is not a reggae song. I don't think it was ever supposed to be a reggae song. I think it was just there. they love that style of music. Let's fool around and see what we can come up with. It, yeah, it's great. It's a great party song. The title is one that you can argue about forever. <laughs> I, I did hear Plant say something about how, yes, like you said, Americans that, I really like Dire Maker. Hey, that sounds like me. Stop that. I'm mean, <laughs> in front of the way we talk over here. So yeah, and it, you could argue about it, it, it. You know, when you were in school, you knew it. You didn't know it. Yeah, I, I like it. It fits into the song, especially for what's coming next. And and even you know, kind of the, the piano on the way out. They're just throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. I'm with you in that. For Bonzo is
0: great on here. Bonzo makes this mm. song. It's to yes. me, it's his song. Because Jimmy's ah, w- when he's doing the 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 kind of riff bit, <clears throat> I love that part. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. When he's doing the other stuff in the middle, it's, <clears throat> it's Sometimes it's a little off to me. Um, it, it, it's a great song. I love it. it it's he it doesn't have a super flashy solo, but it fits the song perfectly. It, it's very good, Led Zeppelin to me. And um, I guess it was a bit of a hit. They didn't really do singles over here in, in the UK or not always in Europe, Ryan, but you know, mm-hmm. got t- top 20 in the U S Americans did like it. Um, wow. But
4: you know, I, I mean, yeah, was it, was it the second signal, uh, single on the album?
0: Um, yeah, what it was, was a single.
4: The, the first one was over the
0: hills far away uh, okay. back with dancing days. That's may. And in September it was Jamaica with the crunch. Cause if ever there was a B side on this record, it's, it's the crunch, right? So yeah. So, no, it, it did fine in America, but, but Robert's like, it's the old joke, isn't it? Oh, the wife went on holiday. Jamaica? No, she went on her own accord, you know, kind of thing. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we, we didn't get that in America because we it's, it says Dire Maker. Do I like that? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a fun one, you know. So, no, it, it's a good one. It it makes the album, again, give them credit for doing something a little different because Clapton didn't release I Shot the Sheriff till the next year. So, hmm. you know, you didn't see these big British bands dabbling in anything like this previous to this so again they're kind of breaking some ground but to the epic to the seventh song third on the second side no quarter yeah this is my favorite led zeppelin song of all time at least wow. right now
4: i i mean it hasn't
0: always been i do have mad love for achilles last stand uh with you ryan i'm down on that for sure i love when the levee breaks mm-hmm. but i don't know it's just something like especially if it's like at the end of the day i'm to listen to some tunes if you get me one Led Zeppelin song, this is it. And I can listen to the Celebration Day version, you know, like, I, and, and it's, to me, it's otherworldly. It's, it's amazing. It's all four of them being so good. JPJ deserves a lot of credit on this one because this is one that he had
4: during the mm-hmm. Zeppelin
0: Four sessions. Couldn't finish yeah. it. And then he reworked it, thanks to his home studio, and brought it back. The guys like now it's now it's ready, boys, and it is. It's awesome.
4: Yeah, it's uh, this is an epic epic song. And um, so Mac, I have to ask you: mm. have you heard have you heard the Tool cover? I have not heard the Tool cover. No, that's a worthwhile journey for you. This was actually I was aware of. I was I knew no quarter as a Tool song before this, but I knew because I. I knew it was a Led Zeppelin cover so okay. you know, going into it because it was on this, um, it was on this sort of non album EP thing that they did between releases called Salival. And um, because they were like the last band to join um, streaming forever, the only way to listen to this was if you illegally, you know, Napstered it, or if you track down this, like now the actual EP. 80, 80 to $90 CD. Gotcha. Um, uh, which of course I did at some point, and um, was totally you. happy to spend the money. Um, but I, uh, I yeah, I agree with you. I think this is my my favorite song on the album now. I don't I don't think it, it hits favorite Tool song, but I just love it, and I love I love I think this is the best lyric writing on it. It's like an epic. Close the door and put out the light. You know they won't be home tonight. The snow falls hard, and don't you know the winds of thor blowing cold so you don't get they're wearing steel that's bright and true they carry news that must get through uh t- talk about the campaign you know the, the the theme of this album being on the road and it being a war i mm-hmm. mean this is uh you know of course no quarter is a is a kind of uh, military battle, term yeah battle term that we we use quite a bit in my uh, in my job <laughs> that's right give give them no quarter which means you know fight <laughs> fight without mercy you know don't you know t- do not take any you know no, no yields. Prisoners. Yeah. yeah exactly and uh the only the only thing this is missing the song is a good Tolkien reference there's it's set yeah. up right there to bring in to bring in some yeah. some reference to uh Caradhras or something with the the winds but they go Thor and I respect that it's 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 Norse and Nordic so I'll take that instead but um but no I've I, I, I just everything about this song you know the epic melancholy of it and coming you know coming off of <laughs> coming off of dancing days this this is this is not grim but I would say a uh, heavy, you heavy know, in the sense of in the sense of not not like musically heavy, but sort of spiritually heavy. Uh, just a great freaking you know experience. The song.
0: And thick it's not yeah. heavy like like black sabbath heavy but it just feels thick and it's almost like you can feel uh the wind and the um the fog kind of rolling in yeah. when this gets played you know uh and they they loved it they i don't think that they played a show at least not a full show without playing this the rest of their days. And they definitely played it celebration day and page and plant broke it out when we saw them with the orchestra Jackson in the, in the mid nineties there, you know? So I didn't realize that Jimmy slowed the whole track down, like all the playing from JPJ, all that he slowed Mm. it down to make it thicker, to give it more weight. And then he, he highly compressed his own guitar so that it wouldn't sound like anything else in the catalog. I had no idea about any of that. All I know is that it stands out easily in their catalog. And it's obviously a a bit of a change of pace on a record, especially after, you know, a happy holiday song, if you will, with Jamaica. Then you get to this ominous brooding thing about, you know, offering no mercy. And I don't know, I think it's, I think the JPJ pushed them in more proggy directions away from just the AAB blues. I think this was a huge step in that direction. And like I said early on, on one of our like very early shows, Ryan, like number nine or 10 or 11, we did it through the outdoor because I know it's not that popular in the Zeppelin catalog. But for me, that's incredibly listenable. I can listen to that back and forth really easily. And it just kind of showed where Zeppelin could have gone if JPJ had asserted himself more, or if they had said, we're going to make a record a year, no matter what. And so we're going to have to take turns leading
3: this stuff that's the direction he could have taken them in my opinion so for me on this one it's what are we doing here if i'm driving in the car this gets skipped it's just it's too it's too much but if you're lying in bed trying to go to sleep mm-hmm. oh it's freak out time oh oh my goodness and you just sit there and you because you really want to listen to everything that's going on and you want it to kind of be quiet and then you can really get into you know it, i just put on my first note is it's time to freak out (laughs) and you just you just you have that like that really heavy riff you've got like what is he saying like you've got to listen to this a couple of times before you start to pick out the lyrics and the the voice is very distorted and then some you don't know maybe sometimes you listen to it and you're thinking wait are the vocals messed up or am i out of my mind what's going on here what's happening and it's it's otherworldly and it's it fits in with seven and eight seven and nine but it's, it's definitely a different – it's a very hard change of pace. Mm.
0: Well, uh, you call it a freakout song. It, it can also be a makeout song in high school, Jackson, right? Because you play – Well, that's on true. the second side, you get dancing days, and they're happy. They're hopping around. You put on Jamaica. Okay, it slows down a little bit, but it's still happy. They groove a little bit. Then it's like, no, quarter – right, why don't you just come sit down next to me? And then you've got seven minutes. <laughs> you've got seven minutes to, <laughs> to make a move or put to work your magic boys. Yeah. You know, and there's a reason Mike Damone in Fast Times at Ridgemont High suggested when it comes time to make out, put on, you know, I think he put side two of Led Zeppelin four. But you could have put this this track on after some happy ones. I'm telling you, the magic can happen for you out there, gentlemen.
3: Isn't this great?
0: (laughs) That's the place to be. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. And then we wrap it up with the ocean. Well, that riff is iconic, isn't it? That ocean riff Mm -hmm. and the straight ahead drumming of Bonham. It's it's you know a lot of times you get to the end of a record and we talk about this on our show a lot. It's a throwaway track. It's like okay, they said we had to have ten tracks, so here's the tenth track.
3: Yeah, it peters this out, is, right? Yeah. Yes,
4: this is not a peter out. This is not a throwaway. This is a good one. Although it's different. It is, but it's the album's rocker. I mean, I I was when I was first going through my first pass, I was like. The only thing this is, other than Tolkien lyrics, um, the only thing this album is really missing is its rocker. It's like, it's, you know, it's immigrant song. It's, you you know, it's uh, good times, bad times, but it ends with it. I mean, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot that, you know, because you expect, you know, the ocean would be, you know, at the, at the, front of the uh, at the album typically with the way they put things together and but what a great closing and a way to like kind of flip you know flip the script in a way i love that i love that song and it's why it's why i always listen to this album to the end because you have such great stuff at the end of it
3: good point so you're you're coming out of no quarter right and it's just kind of like it it
4: yeah zipping up your pants
3: right yeah yeah. or whatever And then they've then the beginning of this one is, you know, we've done four already, but now we're steady. And then they went one, two, three. And so you I would turn that up so I could hear the hissing on the tape to hear him say that. And then bam, right into the song, as loud as it could go. This is awesome. And it's just, I mean, it's iconic. I they could have started the record with this, but the fact that it's the end makes this one of my favorite records of all time just because you've got the heavy hitter at the end of the thing.
2: We've done four already but now we're steady and then they win. One, two,
0: And Paige is jamming on that at the end. There's a big send off yeah. at the end, and they kind of do the doo up yeah. as a throwback it to that, those
3: guys. That makes no sense to the rest of the song, but it fits in perfectly.
0: It does, you know, and it wraps up an album where they took some chances. They took some chances with Crudge, They took some chances with Jamaica. They, they you know, yeah. no quarter is not something that you know you're going to play next to with a Jackson Five song on the radio. You know, it's it, it, it's awesome, <laughs> but it's not exactly pop music necessarily. You know, so it's rare that you ever find a dud on a Zeppelin record, and I there's, I mean. I know The Crunch isn't our favorite, but I mean, there's no real duds on here. The, the Crunch is different, but it's not bad to me. And the way you wrap it up with this, and the fact that House of the Holy the Song, which I love on physical graffiti, wasn't ready or didn't make the cut. Also, The Rover, Black Country Woman, hmm. those were kind of in various stages while they were doing this. Even Walter's Walk, which ends up on CODA, was done during this time you know i mean it, just shocking when like code was basically an obligatory thing. It's like okay we still owe them a record we want to do something to wrap up our legacy here so they just took everything that existed basically and popped it together and some of it was as far back as 1972-73 like walters walk but as far as one statement goes this is very powerful especially on the heels of zeppelin 4 which is a, mm. a juggernaut. I mean, it sold 25 million, 30, 50. I don't know how many millions of copies it, it sold. But this is Diamond. This has sold 11 million in the United States on its own. And it's it, you look up the bands who've sold Diamond records back-to-back. The list is very, very <laughs> short, especially yeah, if you yeah. just go to rock and roll. It's like Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, The Eagles, Def Leppard did it, and maybe that's Pink that's Floyd. And, and then that's it. Any any parting thoughts from you boys on this one?
4: Um, yeah, or what just, it means
0: to you in your life.
4: <laughs> I love I love this album. I, I also I, yeah I wanted to talk about the cover art too because mm. um, uh, you know you got you touched on it a little bit, but apparently it was based on uh, the Arthur C. Clarke story Childhood's End, Childhood's End, or at least inspired by, which is a, a story of an alien invasion uh, where the invasion is benevolent and they actually come to save it us, to kind of save us from our own writing our own destruction and if you think of the album that way uh i think it sort of uh you know pulls everything together and you know the the ocean i can't help but be influenced a bit by uh, a bit by tool you know as you think of the ocean as this like vast horizon and expanse to me i see the ocean as a warning uh, you know the uh, you know the, the warning of Anima and the seas rising yes. and uh, and you know the meteor hitting and and washing everything away. I don't know if you think of Child's End and then ending with the you know song remains the same and then ending with the ocean. There's there is some somewhat of a and with no quarter. There's somewhat of a kind of an apocalyptic undertone to me to to this album. But uh, but yeah, I just, I just, I just love it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's done by Hypnosis, which is primarily for Storm Thorderson and, and Aubrey Powell, who had done incredible artwork and covers over the year, probably most closely associated with Pink Floyd uh, mm. over the years. Uh, but, you know, they, they obviously worked with Led Zeppelin. They did uh, some good work with Yes Between, when Roger Dean wasn't doing all their covers. Sabbath worked with them, UFO, ELO. I think uh, I think Paul McCartney and Alan Parsons, you know, they, they've just done some great stuff. Although, I admit, when I first got it, I was a little off-put by it, because it's Naked Kids, you know and i'm like as a 14 15 year old i'm not supposed to be looking at naked kids you know anywhere like i'm not into that that's not my thing and i guess they went to the the Giant's Causeway in Ireland where these natural hexagon rock formations kind of form next to the sea it's a pretty amazing thing and they worked on it for days but it was always the orange tint to it that i thought was kind of cool because the, the the first album was obviously it's the Hindenburg the second one was kind of an odd sepia tone thing the third had the cool wheel on it. It had all sorts of little yeah. odds and ends in it. The fourth one, although iconic, is a bit odd, uh, right? It's a picture of the dude with the sticks on his back. And then if you open yeah. it up, well, that's in a torn down building. But this is a more otherworldly kind of thing. And I, yeah. and, and for that, I do like it.
3: It's an interesting cover, though. I like the story of the first idea that was brought to the band, which was, a, I believe, a tennis court with a racket on it. And what do you – oh, you mean our stuff is a racket? <laughs> get out of my face, get right. out of here. I can only imagine the PR uh, blitz that had to accompany that with phone calls and everything. It's a joke. We're sorry. Here's something else. Yeah. The, the, the fact that you would have the stones to show up there with it. I guess a joke deal like baffles me why you would do that.
0: So was it was it Storm's idea to do that and they're like okay that's it you're fired bring Aubrey in here we'll, we'll let him do it. Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's
3: exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah. And and I don't know like was it a, what did he mean it as a joke like how, how was he really serious but apparently Paige took one look at that and the top of his head came off and he was like get out of here don't ever talk to me again. <laughs>
0: Uh, I would love to see Peter job, Grant buddy. eject somebody from a meeting. That would be, even if it was me. I would love to do. I would love to go like back physically. And, uh, Yes, and have him pick but like me physically up eject him. you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I can tell that story. I can dine out on that the rest of my life. <laughs> Unfortunately, the
4: meeting was on the starship. So, oh,
3: okay. <laughs> so thirty thousand feet later,
4: pushed well, out, pushed out by Peter
3: Grant.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. if he pushed out a parachute, it'd still be a great story. Um, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, Ryan, look, man, I, we really thank you for coming on and, and realize that this is, you know, a, a busy time for you as you uh, as you work on your Golden Globe award winning show for season two. Uh, yeah, when I do guess. the when do the Emmys come out? I don't even I don't even know
4: uh, the uh, the uh, nominations, I think, are in June and then the um, the uh, uh, ceremonies in uh, September so oh, okay still still quite a ways to go long time
0: yeah. to go there okay so yeah you might yeah. have seen so and then when do we think season two will be hitting hbo the first show is that um
4: end? at some point in the future i mean <laughs> I, I of course know things but i can't I can't, I can't say them we're, we're, of course. We're, we'll start we'll start shooting uh in uh in the next um in the next couple months and then you know it's a long production and then post period so i think people can probably back into a reasonable uh release time frame knowing what it takes to make the show
2: very
0: good uh well listen
2: congratulations
0: on all your success there and and all the best uh in the future and stay in touch you know and maybe in uh, 2024 you know you got maybe you could teach us about tool i gotta tell you grunge was not our thing and so after that, I kind of went back into the. I'm just going to get in the stones of the '70s. I, I'm going to learn about Rainbow, you know. A, after yeah. which you Blackmore yeah. left Black's uh, Deep Purple, you know. I, I kind of went that way, and then everybody else in our generation kind of got into that post grunge into the tools in the deftones tones, in the stuff like that so yeah. maybe you come on and educate us a little bit on that stuff Yeah I
4: would I would love to I'm going to start by sending you I feel like a good entry point is is their cover a quarter which is awesome so I'm going to send you a, a link to that so you can check it out and awesome uh, and freak out to it.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. And if you
4: need to find
0: rare records in England, go to rarevinyl.com. Oh, really? Uh, and they oh, sponsor our show. And so just use the code PODCAST and you get 10% off. And uh, they have a quarter of a million things in stock. Uh, oh, I, okay. I went down to their place and it's amazing the care they take uh, with all that stuff. But it's also like, the end of Raiders where it's like, you know, there's all these boxes of things like God, someone's got to go through. All this oh, that's stuff, awesome. You know? yeah, I got, yeah. I
4: gotta, I, I've got to make the pilgrimage, but I will check that out. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Thanks. bud. Bye. Well,
0: it's cool to see uh, Ryan back on the show and yeah, I mean, between being on our show the second time and winning the golden globe for best drama, I mean, this is a pretty big month for him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. and. Uh, it's interesting because I'm sure that's that's the other thing too. Oh, when's the next season coming? Oh, just relax. We're working on it. Relax. You know, I could tell you, but I have to kill you, so it's fine. We can patiently wait around for the second season. It'll be here. And Funny if not, answer. just watch the first season.
0: Exactly. You know, or go watch all the Game of Thrones, which I still haven't done. I'm one of the rare people who did not watch Game of Thrones, and I, although I'm familiar with the genre and what's happened mm-hmm. uh, and some of the characters, I watched House of the Dragon without having all that baggage, because it does take... It's a prequel. It takes place 172 years, at least it starts, 172 years before all that.
3: So... I I don't think you really... I mean, it it would definitely have helped, but it's not not like you didn't see Game of Thrones. Yeah, you wouldn't be like, I don't even understand. The other thing too that was pointed out to me was there's no one from Game of Thrones in House of the Dragon. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that thing where it's like, well, I know this guy's going to make it because I've seen this person later. There's none of that. You don't know what's going to happen with any of the characters so that's, that was always the thing to me in those Star Wars prequels. Like, well, right. you know, you I know, know you're so going to so so. die. Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: Like what, watching Rogue so. One, like, is she going to make it daddy? I'm like, well, she wasn't in Star Wars. So I doubt she makes it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You've never seen this person before. So, or, you know, you know, he's going to be Darth Vader. It's just a matter of time.
0: Uh, yeah. But no, that's, that's really cool. I'm really happy for him and, and, and all his yeah. success, you know, and, Uh, it's always cool when you find someone who is creative who does like share some of the, the same stuff that we like like we love Led Zeppelin we love rock music well he does too and obviously being a little bit younger he got into some bands that we didn't so having wanted right. to, to talk about Tool or, or whomever it may be, or- Tool is
3: a weird Tool is a weird, weird weird deal. You've got people that can't stand them, and you've got people that think everything they've done is genius level. So I would be interested to talk to him about that, and maybe learn a little bit more about the band because I'm in the camp of I don't I don't think that they're terrible. I just never really got into them. Right. So I would like to I'd like to yeah kind of get a guide through there. You know, here's where you start. Listen to this. You'll like this part.
0: Yeah, and you know how I am. If I don't know it, I automatically don't like it. You know, which is dumb. <laughs> uh, but it's it's the way I am. It's like I already know all I need to know. But you know, you think about it, you go back in time. I didn't know anything about heavy metal. No, I don't like heavy metal. Do you like Iron Maiden? No. Well, listen to this. Oh man, that's really good. Yeah. Why don't you listen yeah. more? Yeah, I think I will. You know. <laughs> or when we were in college, Oasis. Ah, no, nah. you know, those, those jerks from England. You guys think they're so great? No, nah, I'm not to them. Then years later, yeah, that's my favorite band. They're amazing. You know, they're so good. So, <laughs> yeah. I-, I need to be more open minded. And so, getting someone like Ryan to help me there might not be the, the worst idea. Yeah, it'd be
3: interesting to see what what it comes what. It- what the second season holds, it's interesting. It's always interesting to get get, to hear somebody talk about music that they're passionate about that you're maybe not not. Mm -hmm. And so to kind of, like you said, it's like a gateway to get in there. It's kind of like, you know, food you've never had before. I don't think I like, well, just try it. Oh, Hey, I think I do like this. So yeah. Interesting. And um, always, always kind of going with an open mind.
0: Yeah. You know, and uh, honestly, we have done we've done In Through the Outdoor, we've done Zeppelin Four. And if you just said what would your next one be? I never would have said Houses of the Holy. I I, I would have picked something else almost immediately. But because he had passion for it and he, you know he played in his wedding and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Yeah, come on. Yeah. Let's talk about that one.
3: Yeah. It, it's a great record. I think it kind of gets lost in the Zeppelin catalog, only because it's sandwiched between four and physical graffiti. I think it's not as hard-hitting as the, the first couple of records. So it, if you listen to it, you'll like it, especially if you're a Zeppelin fan. But I do think it gets skipped too many times in the or, or glossed over in the talk about the Zeppelin catalog.
0: And I agree with you there. And it's also kind of just a point in time in that, I, if I'm not mistaken, Zeppelin 1 through 4 were all made by 1971. Yes?
3: Yes. 4, uh-huh. four
0: didn't come in. 4 was out in November I think it was of, of 71. And then Physical Graffiti didn't come out till what, 76? Maybe so, Yeah, something
3: like that. So this was the yeah.
0: only one made in 73. This is the only one that came out. So it, it, it kind of it felt like a long time probably between Zeppelin 4 and Physical Graffiti. And it's also kind of immortalized because of the Song Remains the Same movie, which I believe also came hmm. out in 76, uh, at least 75, but maybe 76. So you got that soundtrack. And obviously that was the new album. That's the album they were touring on at the time. So although somebody some might feel they look dated because when it came out that was kind of like the summer of punk, and here's Jimmy in his dragon outfit or whatever. They, <laughs> they <laughs> kind look
3: of stumbling around. Yeah, yeah.
0: They, he looks very 1973. And of course they're in Madison Square Garden. They're not in some sweaty little hole with. Kids with spitting on each other and, you know, ramming their heads into each other. So he, <laughs> all of a sudden the culture had changed. But to me, that movie, The Song Remains the Same, is iconic. It captures them at the height of their powers, both uh, musically uh, and as far as just being a draw. You would say, well, they're a bigger draw in the late 70s, maybe because they could do stadiums. But then they were a little more erratic, right? You didn't always know mm. what kind of show you were going to get, but they were still fairly professional at that point uh, and, and killing it on stage. And, you know, maybe Days Confused was 25 minutes, not like 45 minutes. Like, well, we don't know how to end it, you know. Kind of, <laughs> what do we do, you know? And and look, this they branched out. The songs on here are different than anything that came before it, and in some ways they're mm-hmm. different than than what came after it. So this one has a special place in the catalog. And it's one that I kind of forgot of for a long time because I didn't like crunch dancing days was too happy for me. The <laughs> song remains the same. Wasn't stairway to heaven. And, you know, and I can just listen to no quarter on something else. So I have a better appreciation of this now having done the research and for the show.
3: Well, good. Because th- this was the first Zeppelin record that I ever bought. And it, so with that in mind, I was going to listen to the hell out of this thing and and uh, like you physical graffiti was just it was too big of a commitment at that point in time monetarily to get into. So yeah, it always holds a special place in my heart and it is it's not as heavy and I think maybe when it came out people were what is this? You know, what direction are you going in? It's just the evolution. You can really hear the the fact that they've they're layering a lot more stuff mm-hmm. so it's more of a it it's more of a buried sound it's just guys we want to do something different we could you could make led zeppelin one over and over and over again but i'm glad they didn't
0: well that wraps up episode number 116 on houses of the holy with our friend ryan condal of house of the dragon the co-creator executive producer head writer and all around great guy with a huge hit TV show on his hand. We wish him all the luck in the world on that show. We appreciate him coming on to talk about Houses of the Holy. It's one that I'll admit I was into when I was younger, but it kind of became the one I didn't overlook, but just figured, ah, I've heard that one. I want to go back to something I really love, like Physical Graffiti, like In Through the Outdoor, or even like Led Zeppelin 4, which, we did that show over a year ago on the 50th anniversary on Led Zeppelin IV, and we don't listen to it that much just because we know it's overplayed. We know the songs really well, and I guess you could kind of say the same for Houses of the Holy here. A great album, it, No Quarter alone puts it in the stratosphere, but just think about it from beginning to end. With song remains the same all the way through to the ocean, the kind of off kilter or genre bending tunes like the crunch. Like Jam Maker, it really just shows how powerful and talented Led Zeppelin were. They could try these different things. And they might not always be your favorites, might not all become live staples, but some of them sure did. Especially when you talk about the song remains the same and no quarter. Big, big songs in their catalog. And with boys starting to stretch themselves a little bit there. So thanks to Ryan Connell. And if you want to learn more about Ryan, his stuff that dreams are made of uh, is a great podcast. I think it's uh, at, uh, at Props Podcast on Twitter. And if you've got the HBO, not only can you watch House of the Dragon, but you can watch uh, the House of the Dragon built, the behind-the-scenes Ted episode thing. And, and Ryan's featured there quite a lot, not only to, to learn a little bit about him uh, and hear from him, but to learn how they magically created this incredible world and all the hard work, people who dedicated themselves to it. It's really something to behold. He deserves all the credit in the world and all the fine people who worked on that one. So, as usual, folks, we want to know, do we get something right? Do we get something wrong? Do we miss the point? Do we leave out your favorite part? You have got to let us know. You email us, uglyamericanwerewolf at gmail.com, or you could tweet or DM us at ugly underscore werewolf or at actionjack72. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. You let us know about the bands, the albums, the concerts, the rock properties that you want to hear us talk about. And we thank you for downloading and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, where it be Apple, Spotify, Good Pods is good to us. Anywhere you like to get them, Podbean's been big. Please continue to download and subscribe. And if you're thinking about it, hey, give us a positive review. It just helps us find more rock fans like you, helps us grow the show. And as usual, we want to thank Pantheon Podcast, of which we are a proud member. And to our amazing sponsor, RareVinyl.com. And you go to RareVinyl.com, use the code PODCAST, and you can save 10% off of your orders. And thanks so much to Ryan Condal. Can't even tell you what we're doing next week, folks. You're just going to have to tune in and find out. But to all of you rockers all around the world...
2: Be cool and stay safe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.